Hi, we're Lisa and Angie. Welcome to another episode of Pep Talks and Prosecco. If you like what you see and hear, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and share with your friends and family. We are all about building community. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to you, Lisa. It is Sunday, and we're doing an episode of Pep Talks and Prosecco. Cheers. Mm-mm-mm. So, so, so freaking good. And I love it because it's you and me today, baby. Just you and I. Oh, Ooh, we're singing right off the hop, we folks. Guess, we're singing right so. off the hop. Ah. This has been an episode that has been a long time in the making. I think almost a year ago already, we Mm -hmm. did our amazing summer series where we broke down Brene Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart. And we promised during that very first episode of the summer series that we would do an entire episode on stress and overwhelm. And so here we are, finally, many (laughs) months later, uh, following through with our promise. So today we are going to break down what stress looks like in our lives and how we manage stress and how that has evolved over many, many years. But we think perhaps before we dig into that, let's travel back in time to last year and hear, hear a little clip from our very first episode of the summer series, Finding Our Way, where we talk a little bit about the difference between stress and overwhelm. All right, so it makes sense, does it? I guess it's not surprising that we're going to start with the emotion of stress. <laughs> I don't think it's surprising at all. <laughs> you know, I want to back up for just a second, though. Um, when Brene was doing her research and they were asking people to, if, how many emotions that they could identify that they've had experiences and also name. And she was thinking that people would maybe, you know, kind of be upwards of a dozen kind yeah. of thing. And the average person, and this is like thousands and mm-hmm. thousands of people. Um, the average was three. Isn't it was like that crazy? Mad, sad, glad. Yep. Really is what it is what yeah. it boiled down to. Yes. And that that is that was shocking to me. Me too. But then when I started working through that, I was like, oh yeah, no, I, I get it. So we're gonna start with stress. Yes. Let's start with Brene's definition of stressed. We feel stressed when we evaluate environmental demand as beyond our ability to cope successfully. And this includes elements of unpredictability, uncontrollability, and feeling overloaded. Yeah. Yes. Now, we often, or I often do this, I think I'm not alone, pretty sure, use the word stress and overwhelm interchangeably. Yes, but they are very different. They are. Because Brene on the following page on page six defines overwhelmed as means and so overwhelmed means an extreme level of stress, an emotional and or cognitive intensity to point to the point of feeling unable to function. Mm. So stress being kind of in the state of stress Whereas overwhelm being unable to function. Oh, I like that. She gives 
she, she creates the scenario. She paints the picture and, and she, she, uh, she talks about her experience when she worked in the restaurant mm-hmm. industry. And she said, um, they would use two, two phrases. The first would be that I'm in the weeds uh, yeah. and yes. that would really be, um, identifying stress. Yeah. And she said that that's something that is common. It happens. It is expected. You can typically work through it, but over time that absolutely can take its toll. And there, we know that there's lots of impact of ongoing, regular occurring stress, but you're, you're in the weeds and it's not unusual. Right. Versus I'm blown. I'm blown, which means I, I'm, I can't, I'm done. Yes. I can't move. I can't think. I cannot do anything. And I like how, um, she, she really talks in depth about her experience working in that restaurant and how, when you share with others that you're in the weeds, you know, you're asking for help ultimately. And people, you know, how can I help you? Can I take a table? Can I do this drink order for you? You know, they, they find out ways to help you, but when you say you are blown, The only way to get out of that feeling of overwhelm Mm -hmm. is nothingness. Yeah. Nothingness. Non-doing. Yeah. I love that. She says everything is unfolding faster than her, your nervous system or your psyche can manage. That's the difference between uh, being in the weeds, stressed and blown, meaning that you're overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And I, I, absolutely use overwhelm way incorrectly. So this has really provided me with some more accurate language. Yes. Um, She compared it to the restaurant industry as an educator. Mm -hmm. I I'm hoping all you educators are going to go out and read Atlas of the heart and get it, listen to it on audible, whatever you need to do, because you are going to have so many connections because I'm telling you this as a, when I was a principal in a school, I saw this, with staff who were stressed and what that looked like versus the occasions where they were blown and overwhelmed. And I think I I was pretty intuitive Mm -hmm. that I could identify the difference because I, I reflected on this a lot. And my response to someone that was stressed and in the weeds was different than someone who was overwhelmed and blown. Definitely. I know that it's been less than a year since we recorded that summer series, but I'm telling you, as much as I understand the difference between stress and overwhelm, hearing those reminders and the visualization that it offers for me just keeps me so much more grounded and rooted in when and how I identify and and I use those emotions to help explain and guide and navigate all the things that that I'm going through. And you and I have been on such a journey, Lisa, years and years and years of test driving and failing and really trying to figure out not just tools for how to manage when we're feeling stress, but also to really have that self-awareness mm-hmm. of things that we notice and note in ourselves that are 
maybe very subtle shifts or maybe more substantial. (laughs) And that are kind of our indicators that stress maybe is approaching or has, has settled in. And so I thought it would be great if you and I maybe just pull back the layers and share with our listeners some of the things that we notice in ourselves mm-hmm. when stress is starting to make its way to the surface and be present in our lives. Ah, yes. Remember, we don't script this. So this is just we don't. a conversation right now. So let me <laughs> think. Is. I think for me, I start to notice, I would say that I start to rev up. All right. Like I start Mm -hmm. to feel like my engine starts to rev. Um, when I start to feel like my stress level has kind of moved from its baseline a little bit or elevated a little bit more from its baseline. I think some of the things that I notice in myself is, um, I feel like there's noise or chatter. Like I feel like there's lots of like, just, just a lot of voices that aren't mine sometimes Mm. that are just going on. So I feel like that, like there's chatter is the only way that I can describe it to you. And I think, you know what I mean when I say that. I do. Yes. So chatter is one way that I notice, um, often, when I start to feel like I'm trying to control things Mm. rather than kind of figure out how just, you know, flow or just, you know, um, okay, let's, let's see how this is going to play out or problem solve. I I start to tend to want to control things. And Mm. so that's often um, when I notice that I'm um, being controlling or, um, feeling a little bit of resentment sometimes likes to creep in. <laughs> when I start to notice those emotions, I'm like, okay, this is a sign that your stress level is elevating. So um, definitely chatter, definitely um, that sense of wanting to be controlling, resentment. And I also notice that I feel a little bit um on the verge of tears sometimes. I've really mm-hmm. actually started to notice that one mm-hmm. that um, I sometimes just want to have a good cry. And and I mean, we're going to get to strategies in a bit, but when that emotion comes, I've learned to let it come, let it flow, let the tears mm-hmm. flow. So yeah, just off, like just thinking a little bit about that right now, I could definitely say that those are some signs that I notice in myself when when my stress levels are starting to rise. How about you? Well, I think my list got a little bit longer as you were talking because I was like, oh, I think I do that too. I'm pretty sure I do that as well. (laughs) So, but to keep the content fresh, I won't repeat everything that you just said. But just tell me I'm not alone in this. (laughs) You are absolutely absolutely not alone. One thing that is new for me, like new in the last couple of years that I have started doing that I I have to really make a conscious effort to identify is clenching my jaw. <gasps> like I, I have never clenched my jaw before. And it is something that I catch myself doing more often than not. And sometimes it's, has it become a habit? 
Or is it that I'm doing it because that's how I'm holding in that control mm. of, of all the things. And, and I, I clench, I clench my jaw. I actually went to get, I went to the dentist and he, he gave me, I had to get his mouth guard and we won't go through the whole story of me having to get the mouth guard because that is something we'll take on about this on a the comedy circuit. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. I'm not going to set myself up for what happened there. Um, but, but he said that over the last few years, they have prescribed or suggested mouth guards for more people at an mm. unprecedented rate. And so it's just, it normalized it for me a little bit, but at the same time, I got very curious. And so I, I make a conscious, conscious effort around, is it habit or am I, am I actually doing that? Um, definitely irritability. Mm-hmm. And I understand my sweet, loving husband, who is the podcast, you know, editor of all things is probably rolling his eyes out loud right now when he's listening to this because he's going to be like you don't say but definitely I notice a shift in my patience Mm -hmm. um just even the judgmental thoughts Mm -hmm. that cross my mind I'm like that's Mm -hmm. interesting where did that come from I guess that aligns to your chatter Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit there too and avoidance (gasps) avoidance is probably the most profound one for me and I will I will embrace it wholeheartedly in the form of endlessly mindlessly scrolling social media or all of a sudden I'm watching Netflix on a weeknight when typically I read before I go to bed on a weeknight or I'm engaging in tasks that are low priority that have little to no impact and aren't part of a strategy for me to have a sense of accomplishment. They, they aren't contributing to what is essential or urgent or timely. Mm. Yet those other pieces persist and are, are building at the same time. So I think those would be my, my key areas that I've noticed and I continue to note and notice more differently as my self-awareness continues to increase. I liked what you said about, and I totally agree about the avoidance part of it. I definitely noticed that my productivity or my ability to accomplish things diminishes when I'm stressed. Definitely. I'm adding that one to my list for sure. We're just grow- we're just we're such givers. We're just growing each other's lists. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope we do the same thing when it comes to sharing strategies. <laughs> oh, I I can't wait until we do share some strategies that have that again we've done the test driving and we've done the failing and strategies that maybe had worked at one point that don't work now. Mm-hmm. But I I do I just I I would be. Um, it would bother me if I didn't share this one piece around stresses. So many of the clients that I coach for nutrition coaching, one of the biggest aha and awareness moments for them is when they understand what an obstacle mm-hmm. stress is to their goals 
and how how we manage stress has to look differently as we age and for them to understand why. And when they connect those dots and give themselves permission to be less focused on the food mm-hmm. and more focused on understanding the impact of stress and the importance of building in those strategies. It's like the, not just a light bulb goes off, but it is just like, it goes from darkness to, to bright light almost instantly when they allow that learning to occur. And I think it's just so important for, for us to share that what worked for you in the past may not work for you now. And that is okay. And that is natural. And that is normal. And so we can, we can spend time wishing that what worked in the past worked now and get frustrated and resentful and deflated, or we can have acceptance that this is where I'm at now. And so things may need to look a little bit differently and just releasing the past so that we can really start building what our body, mind, soul needs now. Yeah, that is an absolutely life-changing aha moment, especially I'm going to say for women our age. And I definitely think that it was for me. Um, You know, I spent so many years counting calories, moving my body, being resentful about all of those things. And it wasn't until I realized that there's a whole other part of my wellness journey that I needed to take care of first. Mm. That was when everything shifted for me. That's when I realized that there was a whole bunch of things that I needed to deal with mentally and spiritually and emotionally, primarily being figuring out how to manage my stress. Mm. Remember, we talked about burnout in an episode. (laughs) We sure did. A few, a few episodes back. And, you know, we've done a couple of live events recently where we've really been unpacking like self-care and joy and that sort of a thing. And Man, oh, mister, like a few years ago, burnout was was real. It was a Mm -hmm. real thing in my life. And it showed up to the point where it was impacting all areas of my health. Right. And Mm -hmm. so you just make such an important point in that, you know, there's so many of us who spend years trying to figure out why things that worked when we were in our 20s and 30s aren't working now (laughs) in our 40s and 50s. And I agree with you. I think it has so much to do with how we manage our stress and that stress impacts all areas of our life. Such an important point. All right, everybody, if you are like us and have fallen victim to sacrificing your goals, because I don't know, you're too busy raising your family, or maybe you're in a demanding career, you're struggling to find motivation or heck, it might be all of the above. We have been there. Mm-hmm. Through our successes and failures, we have discovered a formula to building habits that don't just last, but they stick as well. And that is how we've been able to reach our goals. And it's also why we created Sustainable Habits, our free seven-day habit building course. 
In this email course, we share our proven formula for building habits that last. So we are gonna show up in your inbox for seven days straight and share with you strategies and tips that will get you closer to implementing small habits that are going to lead to significant results. So click on the link in the show notes or head to our website, weatherwill.com and click on courses to find sustainable habits. We are always going to have elements of stress. Absolutely. In our life. Mm-hmm. And I guess I want to put a disclaimer out there for both of the two of us collectively is it's not like we have it all figured out, oh, God. but we are in constant pursuit of figuring out what works best for us now. And so there continues to be some trial and error. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing for me, and I know for you as well, is that it has been so slow and micro. And we do so much coaching around those micro steps, those moments, those, those very gradual increments of Mm -hmm. effort and consistency. And the payoff is then where you can get to a, a place and a space where you can say, these are now the things I do often. These are the things that I do occasionally. And these are the things that I do maybe more as a spot check, Mm -hmm. but they're all intentional things to help me better manage my stress. So when it comes either in a small little wave or a big crashing thunderstorm, I've got a series of tools that I can lean into and that are there, there for me, regardless of the magnitude of the stress that I'm encountering. Yeah. Like I think about my morning routine right? and how I, you know, I attribute how I start my day to everything else that happens on a daily basis, everything that happens in my life. Y'all, it took years. I mean, to implement a morning routine that I feel works for me and is meeting my needs. And in fact, I still tweak it from time to time when I, when I realize that it isn't serving me anymore. And so things aren't going to happen overnight. They, you know, they're going to take those tiny steps every day. Mm. And we're going to make mistakes or we're going to, things aren't going to work and that's okay. Or what works for somebody else may not work for, like, there are things that I've tried because I've seen other people be so successful. And I'm like, oh, sign me up for some of that. And they try it and I'm like, oh my gosh, but it's not a good fit for who I am, my lifestyle that I, that I lead and, and, you know, kind of my goals as well that I, that I have. Yeah. So, all right. So let's share some of these strategies that you and I use when we are talking about stress and stress management, I'll let you go first. We'll kind of go back and forth. How do you like that? What kind of tag I love team that. it? Okay. I love All right. that idea. Um, <clears throat> I, can I share my favorite analogy or Please metaphor? Do. It's probably more like a metaphor on stress because I think it will help mm. tee us up for what we're talking about when we talk about micro action. So I love it. Um, I like to think of stress like a pot of water. And if you've been to our self-care is not a swear word keynote, you will probably have heard us talk about this before. But um, imagine the pot is your body 
and the water inside are your emotions. And if you think about the element on the stove as your stress and the dial on the stove is your stressors. And so each time we encounter something stressful, and as Angie said, we're always going to encounter stress, right? Some stress might be, you know, a little bit smaller than other forms of stress. For example, sleeping in because your alarm clock didn't go off. That's probably minor stress, but it might cause that dial to go up a notch versus, you know, losing your job or financial stress or having to care for, you know, an aging parent. Those might cause your dial to click up many notches, right? But the micro actions that we implement each day are those things that help also turn the dial down. Because we know if we keep turning that dial up and up and up, what's eventually going to happen? The water is going to boil over, right? And so the micro actions that Angie and I have worked into our daily routines are those little things that we try to implement that keep the dial going down and keeping that water, hopefully at just a simmer and not getting <laughs> to the boiling over. So think about those micro actions, those things that you can do that help that dial go down and prevent your, your pot of water from boiling over. So what's one thing that you do, micro action that you do? Okay, well, I have a series of things that I have mm-hmm. built in that I do daily and again, that's been over over years of of trial and and error, but one thing that I have done um, for a while now for a part of my daily routine is I practice gratitude mm-hmm. every single day, whether it's thoughts of gratitude, whether I speak them or whether I journal about them, but they it occurs every single day in some capacity. How about you? Yeah, well, definitely that's part of it. Um, When I talk about my morning routine, I think one of the things that I implement that has the greatest impact is stillness. Mm. And so I like to work in some time in the morning to just be still and hear my own voice versus the voice of others and just become centered with myself, right? So if it's a five-minute guided meditation or it's a two-minute breathing exercise or sometimes I just sit with my cup of hot coffee and Mm. just enjoy the silence. But that's certainly something that I have worked into my morning routine that just feels like a warm hug Mm. (laughs) for me. I love that. That uh, mm. that's how you described it. I was like, oh, I feel like all nice and, and zen right now. Yeah. I am but, a oh, go ahead. No, go. I was just all I was going to say is that, but sometimes I need to increase that or dial that up when I feel mm-hmm. my stress level rising. So then that's when I'll tend to just choose silence over, you know, listening to an audiobook or listening to an iPod. I'll go for a walk and just let, you know, just listen to the sounds around me. And that just really helps me get centered and get back to, to my voice versus the voice of a whole bunch of others. And we did a whole, I, I believe it was probably about a year ago now, probably last May, I think. So just shy of a year ago, where we did a whole challenge on our Facebook around getting outside and walking. And, and some of those challenges were strictly around just using a different sense Mm-hmm. Every time you go for a walk and 
because I am very much often a plug and play and off I go, but giving practicing, not having that. And the only, the only sound is your thoughts or, or nature is just incredibly therapeutic as well. Sure is. Another one for me, which will be no surprise for you is I am a scheduler Mm -hmm. and it just is a good fit for my personality. It helps me know what's coming up so I can anticipate. And it also provides me with a sense of accomplishment as well. And so areas where um, things, you know, things that are maybe unpredictable, but could be anticipated, it kind of eliminates the uh, the amount of instances that we can have there. So I have my workouts scheduled, I have our family activities scheduled. And in the workplace, then I have the key tasks scheduled. So one of my things that I start every single day on the work days with are three things that I'm going to accomplish that I know by the time I leave at the end of the day, we'll get done there, my commitment. So I set it so that it's from a, I understand what the day ahead looks like. So sometimes it could be an interaction with a colleague to it being, you know, the the final submission or completion of a fairly large undertaking of a project or report that's due, but it's monitoring um, the reality and ensuring that I set the stage that when I leave, I've hit those three targets in my scheduled day. And that feels good, but it also then accompanies that sense of accomplishment mm-hmm. and, and knowing that you, you, I continue to work my th- way through responsibilities or commitments or, or connection obligations. You and I are very, very similar in that regard. We are. And that would be one that I had uh, written down as well. I have a little mantra that I say to myself, and that is plan for the known so you can mm-hmm. be prepared for the unknown. So very similar to you, I make sure that I schedule in time to plan for what I know is coming up so that in um, jobs like ours, there's often unpredictability and things that come up. What? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Those are less stressful for me because I know that I have all of the tasks ready to go for that week. Um So I'm not under pressure to get something done because I have an agenda that's due an hour from now for a meeting that's already done. So I can manage those things. And Mm. I like to do my five minute action while I drive to work in the morning. I know exactly what my five minute action is going to be when I get to work. And that's what I do before I do anything else. So that's I have three S's. And so far I've shared stillness and now I've I've shared scheduling. All right. Is it my turn to share a yeah, new one then? Absolutely, it is. My third one is sleep. Mm, huge. Huge. <laughs> Honestly, like I think, well, I know now that sleep is ultimately the superpower to our health and wellness. If we are trying to do anything, if we're trying to lose weight or reduce stress, um, if we're not getting a good night's sleep, that is going to impact our progress. Mm. And so I try to be very, I'm very intentional about my sleep. You even know this when we are working. Oh, it's your bedtime. It's time for us to lock up. And you're, and and you, I know you are the same way. So when I started my morning routine and started implementing my morning routine, 
it started with it started with actually figuring out how many hours of sleep I was going to need in order to wake up at the time that I had identified that I wanted to wake up to start my morning routine. So mm. counting back and making sure that I was getting my goal is seven hours. That's what I know I need in order to at least seven hours in order to feel rested and rejuvenated for the next day. So I read something just recently that said that sleep is like the dishwasher for your brain. And I just love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that sleep. Another strategy. Yeah. And, and sleep is one thing, but you alluded to the big part of that is planning and preparing for that. So mm-hmm. as much as a morning routine kickstarts your day, what you do the night before has huge impact on how you're able to have that kickstart of your day for your morning routine. So Definitely. they work, they work hand in hand in hand there. There's no doubt about it. There's lots of little other things that that I could share. And really the point of this is to, you know, spark some interest and to maybe get you thinking about are there things that you can start building into your life to to have that feeling of known when stress is coming of some tools and strategies that you have available for you. Lisa and I have shared multiple things here. We both started each one of these things by stacking them onto something that already exists in our day-to-day, everyday actions. So whether it's when we make coffee or when we brush our teeth or when we drive to work, she does her five-minute action while she's driving to work. And we cannot stress that enough. Hey, funny that I used that word there. We cannot stress that enough. No pun intended. (laughs) No pun intended. intended. (laughs) But think of what you already do every single day and pick one of those actions. And that's where you either before you do it or after you do it, you stack, you stack onto that. And one key thing that has been so powerful for me understanding is that how I'm feeling today is a result of all the things that have occurred in the last 72 hours in my life. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm feeling a little, little grouchy or tired or judgy or sad, or I'm scrolling lots on social media, I'm reaching for foods that I know I love to eat, but they don't love me back. Then I used to think that that was because something must have happened to me recently. And then I couldn't make sense of it. Why am I doing this? I don't even know why I'm eating this right now. Why am I, why am I being short with my family? Why am I just not at my best right now? And, and then I would try to go through this whole playbook of these are all the things that have happened in the last hour and a bit. And it's been good things. Mm-hmm. Good things have happened. So why, what's wrong with me that I'm mm-hmm. feeling this way, despite the last short-term amount of time, hours leading up, really have been uneventful. And in some instances, actually quite good. And then when I realized that my body takes those 72 hours for all of the emotions and feelings and experiences to make their way through, it was like, it's not about, and it could have been something happened in the last hour, but it's not dependent on that. There are another 71 hours 
of life that I've lived, experiences I've had mm-hmm. that are impacting how I am doing and feeling and experiencing right now. And that's that just helps me get rid of that nonsense that something's wrong with me, that I shouldn't be feeling this way. Have you ever said that where you're like, I shouldn't be feeling this way. This something really good just happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it just helped me make a bit more sense and give myself some freaking permission to just do exactly what you said at the beginning, which was live through the stress and Mm -hmm. let my body work through the stress cycle. Yeah, that's really smart. You're so smart. Every once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) I think another thing to point out is that like we still do big things every once in a while to help us kind of unwind and stress like we still go on vacations whether those are road trips or hot holidays or even just a little time to disconnect for a little bit of rest and play with our families and Mm. we still enjoy the spa and we still enjoy time with girlfriends and all of those things can also help right I think an important point that we um, try to get across to our clients and our students is that those things are lovely and they will help like take that boiling pot of water, move it away from the element for a little while. <laughs> the water's going to go down. But as soon as you put it back on the element, what happens? The water tends to boil over a lot more quickly. And in real life, that often for me felt like I could go on the vacation or I could take that weekend away, but it didn't take very long for me to get back to that same level of stress that I was at before I left on my vacation Mm -hmm. or before my getaway. Right. So I think. And then you find yourself, you find yourself saying there, why even bother going on vacation if I'm just going to feel this worked up about and you, you played that story out in your head. Have you done That's that right. too? Why? Like what a total waste. Like it was a total waste. But here's why. Because one week on a beach isn't going to repair a lifetime of self-neglect. Mm. And that's where our micro actions come in, right? Mm. What are we doing each day to take care of us and keep mm. that stress level a little bit lower than it needs to be? And more manageable. Absolutely. For me, it's interesting how when, and you and I both, you talked about it, and and I certainly feel the same way, is that sense of need for control when I'm starting to um, feel more stress coming on. But at the same time, I love the feeling that I have developed a greater sense of control of how I manage my stress. Yes. So that that control is showing a bit more um, in, in my favor mm-hmm. because my tools, I've been able to test drive them now. And I know that I have confidence and trust in them. And so then I know my ability to manage stress yeah. is gradually improving. And so that feeling of quote unquote control is a good one. I, I like that one. The other one, maybe people in my life don't appreciate that so much. (laughs) I was just going to say, oh, make no mistake. When I talk about stress control, I'm talking about how I'm trying to control everybody else in my life and all the other things that I don't have control over. Right. I hear you. I hear (laughs) you. Oh my goodness. 
We really hope this episode a has resonated with you. Um, we want you to know that you are you are not alone. We really, really challenge you to let go of this freaking expectation that what you did 10 years ago, 15 years ago should serve you now. The minute you can just release that, you can start giving yourself permission to try things that may better serve you and likely will better serve you. And it has to be stuff that's a good fit for the life that you have, the life that you're, that you're building, the, your personality, all, all of those pieces are, are critical components. And we're really hoping that by sharing this with you, that we've maybe sparked some interest in something that you may want to give a little test drive and see if it might be a good fit for you as well. Yeah. And you know what? We would love it if you shared that with us. So yeah, we go would. ahead and set us, send us a DM or post it, take a snapshot or a screenshot of this episode and share it on your socials and tag us in it and let us know what you do to manage mm. stress. We'd love to hear that. We would love that. Now I'm going to, we're going to finish this episode and do you know what I'm going to go do? I'm going, going to go, go take a couple minutes in stillness mm. before I head to Costco. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. That may be some temporary stress that comes my way. <laughs> that is great. And you know what? I'm I'm actually going, I didn't even think of this one, but I'm going to end with this. I'm off to meal plan, which is oh, another yes. strategy that keeps my stress at bay throughout the week. I'm so. with you. I'm with you on that. Oh, my goodness. Happy Sunday, my dear friend. Happy Sunday to you as well. Thank you for listening. And we hope that you'll continue to share the love for the little podcast that could and give us a five star rating when you go and take a, a listen. And you know what? We love it when you leave us reviews as well. So don't be shy. Give us the love. Show us the love. We're here for you. We sure are. Cheers, Angie. Cheers to you. 